Amen. Whoa. Yeah. How are you doing this morning? Wonderful. Yes. That makes me feel wonderful. Since you are wonderful. Yeah. Um, we continue this morning with our series on the sermonettes. Uh, that is to say that we'll, uh, we are trying to, instead of doing one sermon each time, we do maybe two or three sermonettes that are a little bit shorter and not complete as if any sermon could be complete, Amen. right? Um, so we make it a little bit shorter because I have come to the conclusion that I would like to talk to uh, the, the flock that God has given me oversight over. I would like to talk to them more often about different things. Instead of once in a while about something, and then three years later we talk about that again. No, 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 that's not how the Christian life goes. Uh, we have to be kind every day. <laughs> we have to be gracious every day. You know, we have to be hospitable every day. So this is not just a once in a while deal. So I've come to the conclusion that we'll do some sermonettes. Uh, sometimes there is so much in a portion of a sermonette that it becomes a sermon. Uh, and, and, and okay, so we live with that. Uh, but for the most part, I would like to share a, a, few, a few different things on a particular morning. So I'm sort of a weirdo preacher. <laughs> no, no, did I say sort of weirdo? No, no, I am a weirdo preacher. I just uh, don't go by everybody else's music. I, I, I'm just that way. It has, it has helped me in my life a lot. When my, all my friends were doing drugs and alcohol, I didn't have to do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't do it. And nobody could convince me to do it. Um, so um, I, I was no angel. I'm not trying to say that in any way. But, uh, you know, I, I, this, my philosophy in life as since a little boy has been when everybody else is doing it, that is a very good reason for me not to do it. Amen. So uh, my idea is not when everybody else is doing it, so, so I don't do it. No, I, I investigate if I want to do it. Fine. If not, nobody's going to talk me into it. Um, so, anyways. Um, so, then when I became a Christian, then I decided, I'm going with God. I don't care who does what. I'm going with God. Um, I do care what everybody else is doing, but, but not to the sense that they're going to influence me uh, if I don't think that this, it is from God. So, uh, obviously... One of the things that I think that Christians have to learn is that when the scriptures are telling us to do something or not to do something, yes? And the scriptures tell us a lot about those things. Is that right? Is that a fair statement? A lot of things that we should not do and a lot of things that we should do. And then, as most Christians would, then we try to do it what the scriptures are saying we should or shouldn't do. And we fall on our faces. Because without the power of Christ, we can't live the Christ life. Amen. It is just that simple. So then we fall on our faces. Um, well, I tried my best. That's the problem. You tried your best. No, no, no. You need to just walk with the Spirit. 
Now, your best won't compare to the Spirit's little effort. So, and then, when we're talking about different things, I want you to always be aware that there should always be good wisdom exercised in whatever you do, right? I love Sherry like my own daughter. That's just the way it is. She is stuck with that, okay? Uh, But when I love Sherry, I have to love her with good wisdom. Make sense? You understand where where I'm coming from? So this is always the case when I'm asking you to do something or the scriptures are asking you to do something with good wisdom, with good wisdom. So, uh, so this morning, we are going to talk a little bit about a couple of points on marriage. Just short, very brief. Uh, a couple of points on family. And then, a lot of points on hospitality. Okay? So, on marriage, I, I, I just want, I have a lot to say about marriage, right? <laughs> we hold marriage seminars and all that sort of stuff. And a marriage seminar usually goes... A Friday night, 6.30 to 9, and Saturday morning from 8.30 till noon-ish. So I have a lot to say about marriage. And then I'm not even finished with it when I'm done with the, with the seminar. So, but this morning, I just want to say this. That spouses should be intentional about blessing one another. Amen. Now, the scriptures are full of that. That we should bless each other. Right? Also the spouses. But it speaks about spouses in a little bit smaller uh, detail. But if it, is, if it counts for me and a brother, it counts for me and my spouse. I should bless her in every way that I can. And every time that I can. And You don't really know the extent of the blessing that you bring to your spouse many times. But it means a lot. More than you think it does. So, one morning, I wrote on a sticky. You know what a sticky is? One of those yellow ones. Sticks like this. I wrote a nice note to my wife. Obviously, it was, you know, the sticky was about this big. I couldn't write a whole lot. I didn't want to write a whole lot. I just wanted to bless her with a short note. And the, 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 the secret is when you write a little love note to your spouse, not to hide it too far away. <laughs> if they can't find it, yeah, okay, <laughs> you, lost the, you lost the effect. Uh, did you find my note? Now, well, I had it over here. Well, I could never find it over there. Uh, so, uh, one of the good places is in the microwave oven. Poof, I put that over there. Waiting till she was going to find it. <laughs> no, you know, no, you have to put something in, do you remember, first? So, when she puts something in, she'll see that there's a note. Yes. But you know what? This was that particular note was, uh, I want to say maybe three weeks ago. Maybe four. But let's say three. And it is still glued on the outside of the microwave oven. She, she just wants to see it again. And again. Then, a few days later, since I wrote that note, 
I wrote another note. This one was a little fancier. You know, I made a card and with, fa- with a fancy uh, side to it. Ah, this is a fancier card. And then I wrote a longer note on it because this was more like a three by five or something like that. Uh, and and lo- wrote a, a, a longer note. And then she put the magnet on top of it and put it on the refrigerator. And, and so, oh, she still has the note. Oh, wonderful. So it, it meant something to her, right, to write a little love note. And that, that's what I want to encourage you. It, 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 my, my brothers and sisters, remember I told you the story about Hannah? How she had blessed me? Okay? Blessing somebody doesn't take much effort. You don't have to go uh, go to the, the flower shop and get a big deal of flowers and a big deal of chocolates or whatever else. Sometimes it is a lot simpler than that. It probably took me, I gave it a little bit of thought, but it probably took me less than five minutes to write the note. And yet my wife was blessed, worth more than five minutes. It's, it's been there for weeks. So, bless your spouse. Now, it doesn't just go for your spouse. If you're a single person or whatever, you might want to bless your mom or dad or bless a brother or sister or, or, or whatever. Bless your spouse. Then, the second thing I want to talk to you about is a little bit. is about family. Uh, Family, do you agree that family is a very important thing? Yes. But my experience is, my experience is that people in their actions and in their lives, they don't portray that very thought that family is very important to them. Because for the most part, they take family casually. Is, is, that, is that your experience? Because some of the relationships and families are unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I'm intentional about uh, making good relationships with my family. Um, I have also a cell phone, and I can text on my cell phone. Can you text on your cell phone? <laughs> well, partly for, yeah. Uh, so, I, I would send uh, a little, proud to be your government, six-letter uh, message. That means it is P, T, B, Y, C, D. It means... Proud to be your covenant dad. I do send. And it's gone. I send that one to Josh, my oldest son. I don't think it was but 30 seconds or so that he sent it back. Proud to be your covenant son. I send it to my middle one, the second son, Nate. Proud to be your covenant dad. Pope, just like that. Send to our daughter. Proud to be your covenant dad. I want them to know, and, and, and I must say that, that out of the house, 
The sons live in San Antonio. The daughter lives in Tulsa. And uh, I want them to know consistently, without fail, that I'm proud to be their dad. And I put the word in their covenants because I want them to know I'm not just a dad. I'm a dad that covenants that is going to be there for you always till my death. I want them to know that in their heart. Now, sometimes I've sent messages to you. Scooter and I always seem to send those messages. Proud to be your covenant brother. I want him to know I'm proud to be his brother, but I'm not just any brother. I'm a covenant brother. I want you to know I, I'm covenanting that I will be your brother and will mean something to you as long as we are alive. So when I send you an abbreviation like that, then you can figure out, proud to be your covenant pastor or whatever. Huh? Acronyms. Acronyms. Um, so then... Um, my sons, two sons and a daughter, they have spouses. And their spouses have parents. Those are their in-laws, right? Um, to, the in-laws to my children. And so I am an in-law to their spouses, right? So, but I want to be sure that I facilitate, yes, that my son and his spouse get along really, really well. And I think it facilitates for them to get along better if I have good relationships with her parents. So I'm intentional about making good relationships with her parents, my son's wife's parents. So because I believe that facilitates the relationship between my son and his wife. If I get along... I don't say any bad words about, only good words about her parents. Makes things easy. So I sent, you know, Thanksgiving time maybe or whatever. I say, Nick is her father. I say to Nick and Judy, um, this Thanksgiving, I give thanks for you. I'm so glad we're family. And then he writes back, sends a text back. I'm so glad to be family too. The next Thanksgiving, he sent one early. He says, I just wanted to beat you. <laughs> family. Brothers and sisters, we need to be intentional about it. Because good family makes a huge difference in people's lives. Amen. And bad families make a huge difference in people's lives. And it's not that you have control over anything. You can't control anything, but you can help facilitate things the best you can. Family. Now we're going to talk about hospitality. Let me tell you what we're going to talk about hospitality about. Hospitality. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on the idea of hospitality. I'm going to give you my working definition. You don't have to go by it. You, can have a, you probably have a better definition than I do. Uh, I, I, I want to let you know that uh, hospitality refers both to the individual and to the church. Uh, then 
I'm going to talk to you about some key words in the idea of hospitality. I'm going to talk to you about welcoming and warm-hearted attitudes. I'm going to talk to you about towards all others. I'm going to talk to you about the ultimate hospitality. I'm going to talk to you about uh, uh, that hospitality causes action. I'm going to talk about a sense of healing and refuge that is included in hospitality. I'm going to talk to you about the word hospitality that also includes the word hospital. I'm going to talk to you about the, this, this, this place here where people meet, where we meet as Christians. It's called the sanctuary. And we'll talk about that real quick. And then I'm going to give you a few examples for practicality's sake that hospitality reaches in all parts of life. And if I have time, um, then we, we, we'll go on. And we, we likely have a little bit of time to go on. Uh, so, Hospitality. Hospitality. The idea of hospitality actually comes from this. That the Lord wanted his people to be reminded that when strangers come their way, that are followers of Jesus Christ, but they had to flee and run because they were persecuted for their faith. People wanted to kill them for their faith. I have a friend right now who cannot go back to this country where he's from because if he goes back, they'll kill him for his faith. Uh, so he ministers to his church from here by Skype. Sometimes I, I preach to his people because of the time difference. That is like midnight to about 2 o'clock in the morning. I say, brother, I can't do that very often. Yeah, I got to preach to my own flock uh, 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 by, by about 10.45. Or a little bit later. Um, so, so this persecution. So, but then over the years, the word hospitality has uh, broadened as things many times would and have included many more things than just food and shelter and, uh, and, and clothing. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, so that is where it comes from. Now, I'm going to give you my definition of of hospitality. This is my, my short definition. Uh, it is important that when you give a definition that it is not too long, although you try to include as many things in your definition as possible, but even if you have to leave something out, for the sake of brevity and for the sake of easy memorization, you, you shorten it a little bit. Okay? So this is my definition. <laughs> short, okay. Hospitality is a welcoming and warm-hearted attitude towards all others that causes action and brings about a sense of healing and refuge and is not limited to food, clothing, and shelter, but reaches into all areas of life. I'll say it one more time. Hospitality is a... And, and you listen, because maybe you can give me a tip to, to make it... A, a, a little bit better. Uh, hospitality is a welcoming and warm-hearted attitude towards all others that causes action and brings about a sense of healing and refuge and is not limited to food, clothing, and shelter, but reaches into all areas of life. So, then the first thing I want to talk to you a little bit about is the welcoming and warm-hearted attitude. Because many people think 
that hospitality has to do with your talent to prepare food? Well, it comes in handy because often hospitality is sort of food-related. Not always, but often it is food-related hospitality. So if you have a talent, but it is not limited to that. It is not, uh, that is not a, a real requirement because you can always order food from somebody else if you don't feel like you, you are that good a cook or whatever. But maybe more important than the food is your warm-hearted attitude. Because you see, if it is just about food, that is called feeding people. If there is no warm-hearted attitude toward it, it is not hospitality. It is feeding people. Hey, commendable as it is to feed people. But it is not hospitality. Now, to somebody who is very hungry, that food is very important to them. But that food alone is not that important to God. God wants you to have a warm-hearted, welcoming, or use another word that means the same thing, toward that person. Okay? Just to plop some food down for them is feeding them, not hospitality. Hospitality always brings with it the idea of warm-heartedness and welcoming. So, if perchance we were, I tell all, people always, we are a rich church, but we have very little money. But let us say that we had a lot of money. And every guest that would come in, we give them something expensive. But we didn't have a warm-hearted attitude. I wouldn't care one flip about it. Let's welcome the people here. Welcome the people here. In the house of the Lord, people should be welcomed. I'm excited about it, not because we're failing to be welcoming. We're pretty good at that. I just am enthused about it. Because as Christians, in our lives, we should be welcoming people. We should be hospitable people in every area of our lives. And I'll give you a few. Of course, it is not an exhaustive, an exhaustive list, but it's a representative list, if you will, of some of the practical ways of us to show hospitality, both as individuals and as a church. So the second item in the definition is to all others, that we should have a welcoming and warm-hearted attitude to all others, towards all others. I was going to put in my definition, my first thought was, warm-hearted and welcoming attitude to all. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit prompting me or, or what. I think so. Because I added the word others in there so that we could, could, could understand that if you like my definition and you, you want to take it and, and practice, practice that in your own life, that you would be aware that what I mean by others is all others. Especially those, but not limited to those, who are other than you. Other race, other political party, other denomination, other group, other socioeconomic 
whatever, Amen. all others, Amen. all others, that when I see somebody in the street, I don't care what he looks like, I don't care how he talks, I don't care what he smells like, when I see him in the street and I have a chance for hospitality, I give him hospitality with a warm-hearted attitude. Am I too, too enthusiastic? I'm sorry. <laughs> all others. All others. And gosh, folks, we need to be so intentional about it. Because if, since you, flesh, and my flesh are equally rotten, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't speak for your flesh. Mine is rotten. My flesh. And I feel like I need to be intentional about it. I need to set my heart and my mind to being hospitable to people. So that ultimately, maybe I become that person. What is the ultimate hospitality? The ultimate hospitality is the cross of Jesus Christ. Everyone is welcome at the cross. Everyone through the cross has access beyond the veil, beyond the curtain, into the Holy of Holies and the presence of the Heavenly Father. How about that for hospitality? <laughs> the creator of all the galaxies. He says, I'm going to make a way for you to come to my throne room. So, who is all others? The answer to the question, who is welcome at the cross, is the answer that you should go by as to whom to exercise or practice hospitality toward. Now, so we talked about a welcoming and warm-hearted attitude to all others. And it is nice to have a warm-hearted attitude toward all others. But, 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 but James sort of warned us against if we stop over there. He says, a brother comes to your place and he's hungry and, and cold. And you say to him, hey, go your way, God bless you. And you don't give him clothing and you don't give, give, him, give him anything. Uh, so it is not just about a warm-hearted, welcoming attitude towards all others. But it causes that attitude in your heart. It causes you to action. The Bible often speaks about the fact that Jesus had compassion to them, with them, towards them. But how often does it talk about that he was moved with compassion? It moved him to action. At one point he was exhausted, trying to go rest. Withdrew a little bit from the people. They wouldn't leave him alone. They went to look for him. He went with them, took care of them. He was moved with compassion. So this is the idea about hospitality. 
that it moves us to action, that it causes an action in my life because I am a hospitable person. I'm a, I'm a hospitable person. Uh, then we're coming to a sense of healing and refuge. Our hospitality, hospitality should be of such a quality that it brings a sense of healing and refuge to the recipients of my hospitality. Would you agree that many times on Sunday mornings in about any church that you can think of, people go in there that have pain, that are hurt, that, 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 that they, 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 they're looking for a refuge. They're looking for a safe place to go. They're looking maybe for a pat on the back. Maybe they're looking for a hug. See, he was looking so serious, I got him to smile. I gave him a hug. Now, I'm not saying go hug everybody. Some people don't want to be hugged. But at least give them a welcome. Give them hospitality. Show them that they're welcome over here. Because I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, that in some instances, just your hospitality will bring healing to them. And they, no, they, no, no, you said something, sister. That's the only place they can get it. They, they often get it. The problem is this. You're right. But sometimes they come, not here, thank, thank God. Sometimes they go to a church, and the very place that they were expecting that they would get a pat on the back or a hug or a smile, it's lacking. Maybe that's why I'm so enthusiastic about this. I want to drive the point home, my dear brothers and sisters, that as Christians, we must be hospitable people in all the areas of our lives. Not just on Sunday morning over here, but certainly on Sunday morning we should be. <laughs> yes. So, uh, the, idea, the idea that somebody comes and becomes part of a fellowship, a place where they belong, a place where there are a few people, yes, that they can share their inner thoughts with, knowing that it won't be in, on the radio the next day. Yes. That it will be confidential. And there will be counsel given to them, even if the counsel is not perfect. It matters more in my mind that the counsel is with care from your heart than perfect words. Because they receive so much more when there's care in your heart than when you just speak words. And they see through you that you basically are in a hurry to get out of there and you're not giving them really the time. The hospitality that they were looking for. So... uh, isn't it strange, or it's not strange, it, 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 it hit me a little funny, that in the word hospitality, hospitality is the word hospital. In a hospital, they show you hospitality. They care for you. You were sick. You were hurt. You came in, 
and they took care of you. My dear brothers and sisters, this is partly a hospital. When people that are hurt, when people that are injured in any way, that when they come here, they are being taken care of. It is not, it is for a reason that this here is also called a sanctuary. Have you heard of an animal sanctuary? I'm not comparing it with animals. Don't, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> but you hear often of a, you know, a, a horse a sanctuary, animals that have been beaten, abused, misused, neglected, uh, starved. You name it. And then some good soul is then going around and collecting those animals to take care of them and takes them to a sanctuary, a place that is safe, that takes care of those who are hurt, injured, and so on and so forth. My dear brothers and sisters, do you realize that in times past, that even criminals were safe in a sanctuary? The law couldn't pursue them if they took refuge in a sanctuary. The law had to just wait them out till they got hungry enough or whatever for them to come out. Oh, I've had enough of waiting over here. They wave the white flag or whatever. They come out and the, the law arrests them. The law couldn't pursue them inside the sanctuary. Even they were safe in a sanctuary. My dear brothers and sisters, we need to be hospitable people in every area of our life. I'm going to give you a few examples. And, and, uh, so I don't have my watch with me, so if I'm going a little bit over, don't worry. Uh, no, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. When I think, when I have a feeling that I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, then. Uh, so then the next point is, so I told you about the idea of a, a, a welcome and warm-hearted attitude towards all others. That causes action, a sense of healing and refuge, uh, basically like a sanctuary. And then now the fifth point is that uh, hospitality reaches in all parts of our lives, or, or should. Um, it is not limited to food and shelter and clothing. It reaches everywhere. So I'm, I'm just going to give you a few examples, okay? Uh, there's many, many, many more, but... Uh, no sense in wearing you out. Am I hospitable in my speech to you? When I speak to you, or when we're speaking together, am I hospitable? Okay. Sherry, I'll use you as, as an example. Sherry says, Pastor, can I talk to you? I say, Sherry, come sit with me. Yeah, you're good. You can, you can if you want to, but come sit. And then we're talking, okay? I wanted to know that when she asked me to talk, I'm not talking like this. I'm not talking like, like this. If, I, if she, on the spur of the moment, asks me, then I, I will tell her, I say, 
my precious sister, I have about 10 minutes, then I have an appointment to go. So if, the, if that's not enough, then maybe we should talk another time. But otherwise, so I'm sitting with her to let her know I'm at peace. I, I'm not in a rush. I'm not going anywhere. I'm talking to you, my sister. Someone I love like my own daughter. Okay, that is, you're speaking. Thank you. So when we're talking, am I talking to you like I want to get rid of you? Or am I talking to you like, hey, you're welcome in this space as long as it takes. Uh, give you another one. My posture. When I'm standing with you and we're talking or doing whatever, is my posture welcoming? Am I talking when I talk with Hannah? Am I talking or am I talking... Hey, you better hurry up. I want to get out of here. I'm uncomfortable. No, I'm talking with her because it is super important that she feels welcome in my space. Amen. That she can talk to her pastor, yes. who is also a brother in Christ, yes. and, and feel comfortable and welcome. My posture, my tone, my everything. Concerning that, uh, I, I, I may I may skip a couple over here. Uh, um, posture and attitude maybe go hand in glove. Whatever, you know. A few years ago, and you have heard a lot of this already, but I just want to remind you of about hospitality. A few years ago, I was struggling how to answer the phone. Because I have heard people answer the phone, and I didn't ever want to sound like them. Hello. Hey, hello. The coning, the coning here. Hey, did I wake you up? Am I bothering you? You know, no, they can answer the phone any way they want to. I didn't want to answer the phone like that. So I struggled with the Lord Say, Lord, how should I answer the phone? Uh, you know, I've shared this with you before. I like how Becca answers the phone sometimes. She says, hola. That's the Spanish way of doing it. But it sounds so inviting. Hola. So trying to do the English way, uh, it's not my first language, but uh, hello and in Dutch and hello and English are about the same. Hello, 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 hello. You know, it's, it's, it's about the same. So, but I didn't want to say, hello. Hello. I don't have much time for you. You're bothering me, so be, be quick. I wanted them to know that when they call me, we can talk. And if I have an appointment in three minutes... Hey, I, hey, I'd love to talk to you. Can I, can I please? So, because I, don't want, I, I want them to know that their call is important to me. So can I please call you back in, 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 in a half an hour? It, it won't be any more than a half an hour. Of course, you prom- promptly forget sometimes. But, okay, that sends the wrong message. But, uh, so answering the phone. So I say, hello. I, I, I want them to know, hey, I'm glad to hear from you. Hello. Hello. You're laughing. 
that was a struggle for me. Because in my answering the phone, I also wanted to be hospitable. I don't want to just answer the phone like uh, somebody that I've known for years. You know, I want to call him and say, hello. Anyways, okay. You, you get the point. You get the point. Uh, am I hospitable in my generosity? The lady that gave her offering, and Jesus said she gave more than all of y'all, and she gave just a little bit, that's all she could give. That's all she had to give. So I'm not talking about the amount that you give. I'm talking about more the, the, the welcoming, warm-hearted idea about you giving to somebody else, and you're saying to yourself, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to see how little I can get away with. I'm going to see how much I can give to this person. Excuse me. Remember one of the things that I said in the beginning is with all wisdom, sometimes it is not wise to give too much. Yes? Sometimes it's wise to give enough. To give as much as you feel like is proper to give in that situation. Right? Uh, when somebody needs 20 bucks, no sense in me giving them a thousand. It's not, it's not appropriate for that situation. They just need 20 bucks. It is proper, proper for, for me to give them 30. There's other opportunities where you might be able to give more. But a generous, a hospitable approach to generosity, to giving. Uh, a hospitableness in greeting one another. So, I give you a scenario. Um, shall I go there? Uh, I'll, I'll just say. Let us say I'm coming into the building over here. And there are a bunch of youth out here. Say, Good morning, everybody. That's how I greet people. You, you, you cannot walk in a room where I am, Sally, walking in, and I'm going, hi, Sally. Hey, how are you doing? That's how I greet her. I wanted to know that she, hey, I'm glad that you came. So, okay, we're going back to, good morning, everybody. And they go, Okay. Right. I'm not especially feeling welcome <laughs> when they do that, right? There's something about greeting people, folks, that makes them feel welcome or not. And if I'm going to share Jesus with them, I want them to feel welcome in my presence. Uh, so I greet with with. Enthusiasm. You know, enthusiasm, you know what word is in enthusiasm? The word tau, teo, means God. I want him to have a God answer. A God greeting. Not just, 
Hey, guys. Hey, how are you doing? And I'm walking away. No, 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 no. How are you doing? I'm waiting for an answer. How are you doing? See? Amazing, she says. I'm waiting for an answer. Because I'm not just asking how are you doing because that is my habit. I'm asking how are you doing because I'm interested in her, how she is doing. And when I get an answer and I don't like the answer, I might say, oh, sister, anything we need to talk about? Or should I pray for you? Or or whatever the situation might be. Hi, I'm glad you're doing great. Praise God. Uh, Greeting. And, And my handshake. Okay. Stand with me here, brother, would you, for a second? Okay? I'm shaking hands, so we're shaking hands, and I'm going like this. That's a dead giveaway. You're not welcome in my space. So how I greet him, not everybody likes to be greeted like that. I pull him in, and I go shoulder to shoulder. Boom. With a brother. Shoulder to shoulder. Boom. So I greet him. If he's not ready for it, I just go like this. And then, see? See what this hand does over here? How you doing, brother? How you doing, brother? Hey, you're in my space. I want you. Are you welcome in my space? So these are the, the little things that either make a person feel welcome or not. Hey, you might have a particular attitude that you don't care, but I do care how people feel in my presence. And I want them to feel welcome in every way. Okay, I'm, I'm going on. Uh, oh, maybe I better leave this one alone. <laughs> Are you hospitable in your driving? Ah! Forget I said it. Forget it. Forget it. Are you hospitable in your shopping? Do you fight to go to the front of the line? And if there's only one item left, must you have it? Excuse me. You know? Hey, how about? How about? How, how about? When you're going to the store, where are you going to shop? Is it okay to hold the door open for another person to go in? Is it okay to hold the door open for five other people to go in? Well, of course. Of course, because you're a hospitable person. Now, it might very well be that you have just a short break. You need to get some things done that you need to go back to work. I understand all that. But it is not about the action so much as it is the corazón. Why am I so enthusiastic about this? I don't know. Uh, I think maybe... I'll do one more. Oh, maybe I'll do two more. I tell you, I tell you a story that happened for, for, for real. Laura, wave at us. Wave at us. Laura, yeah. Shul, in the back. Yes, and Chris. Uh, I have known Laura for how long have we known each other? Just give me a, a guess. A year? A, re- a year-ish. Okay. And we were talking, and she says to me this. She says to me, Pastor, I knew you before you knew me. Because one time I was traveling, and I was in the waiting hall of the, of, of the, of the airport, and they were calling us to go in, and I had a, how you call such a thing? A, a carrier, carry, carrier, because the little man was still smaller at that time. And 
She says, and nobody to help me. And I thought to myself, that doesn't sound right. I would have helped her if I had seen her, for sure. And then she says, but you helped me. Ah, that makes sense. Because I don't care what kind of a rush I am. If I see a lady struggling there with her baby, I'm going to help her. Period. Period. So I say, I thought, that's strange that I didn't help her. And she said, yeah, I helped her. So by the same token, when the plane arrives at its destination, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to remember this, this, this funny talk in airline, in airline talk. When, no wonder people are so nervous traveling. They're talking about a terminal, and they're talking about a final destination and all that sort of stuff. We're going to change that talk. But when you're at your destination, you know, the stewardess says, please be seated, fasten the seat belt. Still, the sign says there that you don't have, that you can loosen the seat belts or whatever. The fastened seat belts is not on anymore. Um, so you, it's known to everybody that you have arrived and people are rushing to get, get out. But there's a way to get out. I'm not supposed to go out before the people in front of me have gone out. I wait calmly for them to go out. But am I in such a rush to get out? Now, sometimes you might be in a rush, right? Because you had a late connection, you need to fly to, to, to get another connection. That's true. But am I in such a rush? <laughs> Forgive the pun. Forgive the pun. <laughs> But am I in such a rush that I cannot help this little lady who struggled to put her luggage in the, in the overhead carrier? It is easier to get it in. To get it out, you have to lift it a little bit to get it out. Am I in such a rush that I cannot help that lady? Or am I going to be hospitable and help that lady with her deal? Is it okay to help two ladies or three or four ladies? Yes. If you are in not a dead rush, help those people. It is not even a big deal just to help somebody like that. And they, they say thank you and they give you a smile. And you don't do it for the thank you and the smile, but they are so thankful that you helped them. Because you know what? It is rare. It is rare. And she just sat next to you on the whole trip, and you talked to her about Jesus, and you can't even help her with her bag. Uh, did I say I had two more? Or did I give you the two already? Uh, uh, did I say the one about parking, a parking space? Okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Paul makes it very clear. Who has the time? I, I need to check and see. 12? 25. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm going to be done here. Uh, he makes it very clear in Romans, the 12th uh, uh, chapter, verse 13b, the second part of 13. He says, the NIV says, practice hospitality. Quickly, let me just say this. 
practice hospitality has two meanings, right? Practicing has two meanings. One is you do it to improve doing it, right? I'm practicing a song. Sherry likes to practice songs. Ranette likes to practice songs. We practice and practice and practice to get a cantata, to get it down, to get better at it, right? So we can sing a good cantata, practice. But there's another meaning to the word practice. That is, you, you do it because this is part of your life. Somebody who's practicing law or somebody who's practicing, practicing medicine, right? This is what they do for a living, practice. So they have practice to get better at it, and they are practicing it as a way of life to make a living. So usually, the practicing to get better at it, and the practicing because this is part of your life, are going simultaneously most of your life. At one point, one is better than the other. But when you do medicine, practice medicine, many times you have to have what they call continued education because they want you to be up on the latest techniques of doing surgery or whatever the situation might be. In most professions, you have something called continued education because they want you to continue to improve your stuff while you are doing it as a way of life, of, of, of making a living. So practicing hospitality both apply to us. For us to do it often so we get better at it, and for, for us to do it as a way of life. This is who we are. Amen. This is, somebody couldn't talk you out of it if they tried. This is who you are. Amen. Okay, just give me 30 more seconds. Just, just to get this. In Hebrews, uh, uh, the 13th chapter, verse 2, it says, Do not forget to entertain strangers. Because some have entertained angels unaware. That little lady in the plane, the author of Hebrews is not just telling us, hey, you might be entertaining an angel, uh, so this is the highest incentive for you to help somebody or to show hospitality. He's not saying that. It's an additional incentive, right? An additional incentive that, hey, if I help Nelda in the plane, that might be an angel. You never know. Because it says, unaware. You're not aware that she's an angel. But she is. You are an angel, okay, sister. Okay, but, but I mean, yeah. So, then I'm, then I'm done. So, let me just encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to be, not that I have a gripe. I don't have a gripe. Because you are hospitable people. But just like Paul is encouraging us to practice hospitality, I want to practice, uh, encourage you to practice hospitality so we can get better and better and better at it. And it becomes more and more and more a way of life of who we are, that without which we, 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 we're not us. 